Welcome back to the History of North America Extra. I'm Mark Vinette. The Dead Letter, Book 2, Chapter 4 Boarding his direct flight to London, Wade was not apprehensive about spending the next seven hours cooped up in a jetliner. During the red-eye flight, he planned to work and also hoped to get some sleep. Flying business class to Europe provided posh comforts within a fully enclosed private suite with sliding doors and flatbed seating in a yin-yang configuration that maximized hip width and wide footwells. Wade especially appreciated the generous legroom. The many and varied e-books, documents, and images that accompanied him on this trek were gathered by Jenny and stored in his multiple electronic devices. Some files had been sent by his client, but most were provided to him by Denary's historian, Hewitt Fothergill. Denary is Wade's team of experts, ten experts to be exact. Denary is Latin for ten. The members of this clandestine club serve at the pleasure of its leader and founder, David Wade. His rules are straightforward. Denary members must always be available, work fast, never go beyond their mandate, stay focused, honest, and loyal, and do not make mistakes. In consideration for their adherence to these strict regulations and for their varied skills and talents, each associate was well paid by its leader. Very well paid. Denari could be an extremely lucrative enterprise for everyone involved. With the aid of Jenny's compiled materials, Wade intended to deepen his knowledge about the Elizabethan era and learn as much as he could about the circumstances of the Queen's death and the details of her obsequies. According to Walsingham, a special gown had been designed and fabricated for the Queen's eventual burial. This dress was requested by the Virgin Monarch herself a few months before her demise. She wanted to look her splendid best, even in her coffin, and thus managed and supervised every aspect of the costume she would wear for eternity. The realm's best sculptors and painters were well paid, but so were the Queen's seamstresses. Elizabeth loved wearable art. The attire she planned for her aged body's entombment was eventually used as a model for the stoned carved effigy that now adorned the top of her tomb. Wade ceased reading, stood upright, and stretched his arms. As he sat back, the flight attendant served him his requested drink. His mind drifted. Although he enjoyed a nice cold beer and the occasional glass of dry wine, his late night constitutional usually consisted of a Grand Marnier served in a cordial glass. Grand Marnier Cordon Rouge was an orange-flavored liqueur created in 1880 by Alexander Marnier L'Apostole. It was made from a blend of cognac brandy, distilled essence of bitter orange, and sugar. The liqueur was 40% alcohol and can be used in mixed drinks and desserts, but Wade preferred to consume the beverage neat as a liqueur or a digestif. When in France, however, Wade always made a point of savoring crepe Suzette au Grand Marnier. 
Caesar Ritz came up with the name Grand Marnier for his friend Marnier L'Apostole, who in return helped him purchase and establish the Hotel Ritz Paris. Wade loved to recall quirky historical facts such as these, especially during rare moments of relaxation. Refocusing, he woke his tablet and continued to read. He had always been fascinated by Tudor England and was pleased to reacquaint himself with that period. He, of course, knew that Queen Elizabeth was born at Greenwich in 1533 and was the daughter of the Tudor King Henry VIII by his second wife, Anne Boleyn. Elizabeth succeeded her half-sister, Queen Mary, to the throne in 1558. Elizabeth's long reign was one of the most brilliant in English history. Referred to as the Golden Age, it is remembered for the defeat of the Spanish Armada in 1588, the execution of Mary, Queen of Scots, the year before, and for many important voyages of exploration and discovery to North America. Known as the Virgin Queen, the colony of Virginia along the eastern coast was named after her. Beauty, art, literature, and fashion flourished at her court and in her reign. Noted for her vanity and love of jewels, elaborate clothes, headdresses, and dancing, she had many admirers, but never married. Her favorite men at court included Thomas Seymour, Robert Dudley, Francis Drake, Humphrey Gilbert, Walter Raleigh, Francis Bacon, William Cecil, and Robert Devereux. She was crowned at Westminster Abbey in 1559 and reigned for over 45 years. Wade recalled an interesting comparison made by his grandfather years ago. Elizabeth Tudor was a cold, calculated Protestant queen with an attitude towards image, power, and governance that reminds some modern observers of the reign of the United Kingdom's first female Prime Minister, Margaret Thatcher. Wade smiled as he remembered that the old man had been a proud Thatcherite. The reading was interesting. It helped him travel back in time and connect with the concept of monarchy, something foreign to him as an American. He finished the perusal of this folder and paused, checked his mobile device for messages, and then sipped his sweet elixir. He clicked on another folder and continued reading until confronted with a familiar name that stopped him in mid-sentence. Walsingham. Francis Walsingham. Queen Elizabeth's Spymaster. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I'm Mark Vinette, and I hope you enjoyed the listen.
The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.